If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hi, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa, your coach, your cheerleader, and your biggest supporter in your professional and personal development. Leadership is a journey and the series that we are embarking upon is all about self-care. So I am talking with Dr. Monique May about healthy eating and taking care of ourselves, especially during times of stress and especially during times of overwhelm, which we are all experiencing right now. So we talked about previously in our previous podcast about the challenges that women physicians are facing, especially again during these times of the pandemic. We are already expected to make adjustments to our careers based on the responsibilities that we have at home and also people who really depend on us. And especially during this pandemic, we're even expected to make more adjustments. So, of course, this is really, really causing and wrecking havoc on ourselves in terms of how we take care of ourselves, in terms of how we're eating, in terms of our health. So we really wanted to talk today about ways in which we can continue to care for ourselves, but eat healthy and also maintain some self-care during this time, during the pandemic and also during times of stress. So I'm going to introduce to you today, Dr. Monique May, the physician in the kitchen, who is a board certified licensed family physician with over 10 years, excuse me, with over 20 years of clinical experience. During her 20 years of clinical experience, Dr. Monique has cared for entire families from newborns to the elderly. She has practiced in her own clinic. She has worked in hospitals, work sites, patient homes, urgent care centers, and also telemedicine. And she now enjoys an administrative and consulting career. Dr. Monique is a best-selling author and self-proclaimed kitchen gadget junkie who loves to cook and experiment in the kitchen, which is why she is, or she lovingly refers to her kitchen as the lab. Her first book, Meal Masters, Your Simple Guide to Modern Day Meal Planning, is an Amazon bestseller. And her follow-up book, Doc Fix My Plate, The Physician in the Kitchen, Prescription for Your Healthy Plate Makeover, will be released soon. She is well known for her skills in the kitchen, and she's also started a home meal delivery service in the Charlotte area and also offers some online cooking classes. 
She has created some delicious vegan and gluten-free pound cakes, one of which I have tasted, and it's amazing. And in addition, she is currently attending culinary school and shares her adventures with her social media follows weekly. So thank you, Dr. Monique May, for joining us and welcome to the Women Physician Lead Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. I'm so honored and privileged to be here. Thank you. Yes, I am really excited to talk to you today because this has been something that I'm dealing with personally as well. You know, how to really just make time for healthy eating, how to make sure that I'm prioritizing my health, and also, again, making time for creating healthy meals for myself and especially for those of us who have little ones as well, for our children as well. So first, I want to get into a little bit about your background. So thinking about your career and your journey that you've taken so far, tell us who or what really helped shape that experience and who helped you or what helped you get to the point where you are today? Well, thinking about this question, it's really hard for me to pinpoint just one person. It's really a a compilation of different experiences, different people I've come in contact with in my life. From my grandmother dealing um, with her loss to at an early age from complications of hypertension and cigarette smoking and obesity to just, and all my patients, I really attribute my trajectory or my path to a lot of my patients because my role as a physician, one of those first, one of the first things I consider myself is an educator and an advocate uh, and an advisor. And so doing that over the years just kind of was a natural, I think, segue for me to lead to, to come to this place where now instead of just doing one-on-one care in the exam room, I'm able to to teach and to guide and coach people on a, on a more massive scale. Great. So tell us a little bit about, because I've heard it before, but I want the audience to hear it. Tell us a little bit more about your grandmother and that story. Sure. So yes, my my grandmother, uh, my maternal grandmother, uh, her name was Louise, and she actually was a school cook. So between that and her nine children who she raised, she was cooking for someone at pretty much any time of the day. And so being that I was born and raised in New York, she was in Alabama. So I just have really vivid and fond memories of spending time with her in someone's kitchen, either her kitchen or my mother's kitchen. And when we couldn't be together, she would actually send me little care packages. And one in particular was this plain dessert called sweet bread, which is just basically plain yellow cake, no icing or anything. But she made it from scratch and, it, and she would send it to me. And I just remember feeling so cherished and loved and just like I was getting a hug from her every time I got those packages. So seeing, having those memories, and then, as I said, unfortunately losing her at a young age, she was only 67 from complications of chronic disease that hadn't been treated properly, really has just made my passion even more for getting the message out about why eating healthily is important, why what we put in our bodies matters, and how we can kind of get people to that place where they're making better decisions with the, with the ability that they have. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you for sharing that story. I know it's personal, but mm-hmm. I think it's so touching. And I think grandmothers just always can leave a lasting impression on us. So, so I'm so glad that you had those memories with her and were able to sort of carry forth a little bit of maybe even a legacy in terms yeah. of building your, your business and your brand. So thanks for sharing that. Sure. So what does a day being a physician in the kitchen look like? Who do you serve and what problem do you solve? 
So for the, for the most part, I'd say I'm the physician in the kitchen, definitely on the weekends, as that's where you will find me Saturdays and Sundays. Monday through Friday, I work my usual job. But in the kitchen, on the weekends rather, I am in the kitchen experimenting, creating recipes, trying out new things. And my followers is who I serve, my followers, my friends, my family, because I like to show them how relatively easy it is to maybe veganize or make something a little bit more plant-based, like something that they may be accustomed to eating. But I like showing them how it easy how easy it is to swap out an ingredient here or there and just make it even a little bit more healthy than maybe what the original dish was. Great. So that's, I think, one of the things that our listeners are going to be really interested in is how do we create simple but healthy meals, right? And how do we take what we would think of as spending hours in the kitchen and cutting that down to maybe something that 15 minutes, 30 minutes, something doable that we all could at least have time to do in order to um, make healthy meals. So we're going to get to that a little bit later, but I think that that's definitely something that we all definitely want to hear about. So when we talk about healthy eating, what does that really mean? Can you define that for us? And why is it important for women physicians to start to pay attention to their eating habits, especially during times of stress? Sure. So healthy eating, to me, simply put, is eating foods that are more in your more natural state less processed foods. And and here's the thing, if you want to be vegan, if you want to be vegetarian, if you want to eat meat, I tell people eat the best quality food that is available to you. So the more processed foods are, the more removed they are from their natural state, that's when it starts to become less healthy, quote unquote. So really getting the variety of fruits and vegetables, all those beautiful colors that you see in the produce aisle when you go to your grocery store, those are and incorporating those into your into your repertoire to me is what defines healthy eating. Now, again, if you're vegan and you eat nothing but, but plant based, then yes, that's probably going to be healthier for you than meats and fish and things like that, depending on the kind of what you where you get your your animal proteins from. But generally speaking, healthy eating is the highest quality food that you can that you can afford that, that is available to you. And why that's important for female physicians specifically is that the analogy I use when I was in practice, especially with men, this, this analogy really hits home. It, say you have a car, a luxury car, a Ferrari, a you know Porsche, what, whatever, and you're not going to pull up to the gas pump and put in the 87 octane or the lowest octane. You're going to put in that 93 high, high quality fuel because you why? Because you want that car. You paid a lot of money for that car. You want that car to perform and to 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 room and to look good on the highway while it's doing it. Well, why would you treat your body any less than you treat your car? Right. So really putting in quality fuel for your body because garbage in, garbage out. Right. Mm-hmm. So we all know. You. I, I would challenge your listeners to just close their eyes for a moment and think back to a meal that they ate. They made them feel really good. Like mm-hmm. they could take on the world, right? And then think back to a meal where you felt like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I ate, but I don't ever want to eat that again. And some of us may be noticing that more and more as we get older because you make it eat McDonald's at 20, but at 40, it's not <laughs> so much fun. So that's your body's way of telling you, hey, look, throw some vegetables in here. I need something green. I need something hearty. So 
And it's just so important because it helps in so many ways. It helps with your digestion. It helps with your immune system. It helps with your skin. It helps with your concentration. It has so many dividends that it pays that it's really, it's a no brainer. It goes without saying that we really should be fueling ourselves with top quality foods because again, we want to be at our peak performance as physicians. We depend on, we have people's you know, lives in our hands and we right. want to show up to work and fully actualize our full selves. And if you've got a growling stomach or you're feeling bloated from something that you ate that's not agreeing with you, that could affect your performance at the bedside in the OR. So those are some of the reasons that I can think of why it's important to pay attention to what's on your plate. Absolutely. And all of those reasons are very important. I definitely can relate to the story of aging and different foods because, (laughs) because there are certain foods now that I just cannot tolerate like I used to, like you said, back in the 20s. And I think it, it is a way of our body telling us that we need to start to nourish it with healthy things. So when you think about like different types of foods, are there any particular foods that you think that someone should definitely like have in their refrigerator, like, or con- should consume in a given day? Sure. So I'm going to go back to the basics, fruits and vegetables, the more, the better. If you take it, for example, if you take a nine inch plate, which is about the average size plate for an adult. And if, as you start to compile that plate or make, you start to fill that plate, about half of it should be fruits and vegetables. So I say, go to the grocery store, look for the brightest colored vegetables, the brightest colored fruits, because those colors, in addition to being beautiful and appealing and drawing you in, because we eat with our eyes first, mm-hmm. those colors are actually phytonutrients, plant chemicals that are beneficial and give you the cancer prevention and the heart disease prevention and the blood sugar and blood cholesterol lowering benefits from these from these fruits and vegetables. So explore and, and really experiment with, with those as much as you can. So definitely that. I would say as far as other things to have in your refrigerator, water. Definitely want to keep well hydrated. We often mistake thirst for hunger. So we think we we think we're hungry and so we'll reach for something to eat when in fact we're actually thirsty. Yeah. And by the time we actually realize or say, oh, okay, I'm thirsty, you're actually by that point about 10% dehydrated. So what you drink is just as important as what you eat. Plus two, drinking and staying hydrated actually helps with satiety. It helps with that feeling of fullness so that you're less likely to overeat or snack and go on a binge or something like that. Right. Um, so yeah, so those are some of the things. And then I, I, this is a, a little kind of maybe off the beaten path, but I think instead of reaching for the salt sugar as much, experiment with making your own salad dressings and experiment with things that you marinate, things like that, because those will bring out the flavors of your foods without having to rely so heavily on salt. So I, I think those are all some, some great things to have on your in refrigerator, in your pantry, canned tomatoes, beans, legumes, like lentils, excellent things to have in, in, in on hand because they have a, a long shelf life in the pantry. Plus they're easy to throw together for a quick meal, give you full of protein, they give you a lot of protein and fiber, keep you feeling full and just have all the benefits that we see with those types of foods. Great. Thank you for that information. I think it's important for people to start to look at when they go shopping, what are some of the things they should be throwing in their cart (laughs) and maybe some of the things they should be leaving 
in the grocery store and not including in their cart. So yeah, so thank you for that information. So this series I'm doing is all about self-care and I do believe self-care encompasses also how we take care of ourselves from a health perspective. So I want you just to, for us, define what self-care means to you and what self-care looks like when it comes to women and in terms of our roles now that we're playing on the front lines in this pandemic. Sure. To me, self-care is just that, taking care of yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. And I feel it's so important that we as women, particularly, we are famous for wearing that cape, right? We, we are the super women. We do it all. We're the mother, the wife, the provider, the you name it. And so when you're constantly going like that and doing those, filling those roles, but you're not taking time to replenish yourself, something is going to give, whether yeah. it's you're irritable or you're not sleeping or you're gaining weight or you're depressed. That's going to come out in some way. So I, I, I have a little saying that I like to say, it's okay to be selfish in order to be selfless. I like because mm-hmm. you and being selfish means it's okay to say no, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. we've heard no is a complete sentence. So self-care means if you serve in your on your school board, your sorority, your whatever, no not knowing how not to be overextended. If they come to you and say, Hey, can you do something such? But you know you've already committed to so many other different things, it's okay to say no oh, and to just pull back and scale back. So I think we're so, a lot of us are just these go-getters, these type A's, these overachievers. And we feel like I can just do that little bit or I can just, and you look away and your your day is being chipped away and your time in your day is being chipped away. And then you, at the end of the day, you're exhausted. So self-care is to me is boundaries. I guess what I'm saying is really so boundaries because people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. So if you are known for, oh, you can ask her, she'll do it. We know we we can depend on her. And yes, you definitely want to be dependable, but not at the expense of your own kind of sanity uh, or quality time with your family. So another thing I think of when I think of self-care is enjoying activities that make you feel good, whether Mm -hmm. it's unplugging. And if you just want to sit and look at a wall, if you want to read a book, if you want to go get a massage or meditate, whatever. With time that is time for you, like for me, I like to exercise. If I'm going to go exercise, like don't look for me. I am exercising. This is my time for me. So I think as women, particularly sometimes as mothers, even more so, we have a really hard time doing that. But I've got a high school senior now and I'm I'm, I'm okay with letting him have his space because I'm going to need, I have my space. And And I think too, you teach your children as well. When you do everything for everybody, you teach people how to be too dependent, right? So if you're doing sure. everything, what are they going to learn to do? So you're doing you're doing good for yourself. You're protecting yourself, but you also are really setting a good example for your your young people in your life because you're teaching them to prioritize and, and make time for what's important. But but two or B, I can't remember if I said A. <laughs> also, you want to show you're teaching them that it's important that they learn these life skills on how to, to be dependent, not to necessarily have to come to mom um, for everything because that's not how life works. Right, right. Amen, Dr. Monique. You you said you said a lot there and all all true. <laughs> all, all true. Sometimes I think that we do say yes to things that we really don't want to say yes to. 
And it becomes important to just really take a step back when someone asks you to do something before you respond, right? And just think about how important is this task that you're being asked to do? Is it going to impact something that you would rather do that brings you joy or, you know, what, like you said, if it's spending time with your family. Uh, And if so, then the answer would be no. Right. Or just no, not now or whatever you want to say, but the, the answer would be no to that request. So yes. Yes. So thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. So when we look at the pandemic and how the lid really has been lifted and exposed healthcare disparities, How would the ability for women to be able to care for themselves and their families with healthy eating help to reduce those disparities and improve care? Excellent question. I think for me, simply by eating healthily and taking care of themselves, women will be in a better position to be available. When you, it's the pandemic has put, I mean, I'm not saying anything new here. But the pandemic has put just a such a strain on on everything, every facet of life, pretty much as we know it. So, again, when you're coming from a from a deficit, there's going to be a, a limitation in what you can do for yourself and for others. And we often see that even more pronounced in areas where there are health disparities, people of color or the underserved or uh, underinsured, those some of those, those communities that may be on the margins already. And then now you're layering in a pandemic, which can create issues with the, the food supply and food insecurities, things like that. One of the one of the sad outcomes of this is when the kids were not in school and some kids that meal that they get at school, whether it's breakfast and you know and lunch, that may be the only meal those children get. Yeah. And so when the pandemic came and disrupted that, I mean, that created a, a vast need for, for some of our children. So yeah. I would say definitely it, it can um, play a role in the disparities just because if you're already at risk for having problems and then now you're factoring that in, it's so important to, to fuel up and to shore up your, your reserves with healthy eating because your immune system, I mean, people may not think of that as, as kind of oh, if I eat healthy, yeah, it definitely impacts your, your immune system. Absolutely. Your cells work better when they're nourished. So those are just some of the reasons that um, that is important. And also too, it, we as primary care, and Dr. Lisa as well, being a you know primary care physician, we preach prevention. Yeah. And so if you can prevent a problem, if you can put out the fire when it's just a little smolder versus you having a three alarm fire and the house is now burnt down, the implications, the implications of that are obvious, right? It's cheaper. It's more cost effective. It leads to longer and healthier lives. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I wish it that people really, that we get the message out there that prevention is really key. And that, if I may just for a second, that even includes going to the doctor, even when you may feel perfectly fine for a screening test, because it's so much easier when we catch something small and early Versus down the road right. and then it's, it requires much more treatment and, and things of that nature. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Uh, Monique prevention is key. And I think that that can't be messaged enough or said enough because a lot of people do sort of 
put things off to the last minute. And some things we just should not put off. And one of those things is our health. We really should make sure that we're prioritizing taking care of our health. Definitely. So as we start to wrap up the podcast a little bit, I want you to think about three tips that you want to leave with our listeners on what it would take for women physicians or women to really start prioritizing their, whether that's through healthy eating or movement, what three tips would you give us to really kind of get things started in terms of prioritizing our health? Sure. I think when it comes to the kitchen, I'll say it's okay. When my first tip is it's okay to use, to use help, to use prepared items. You just want to be sure and be wise about what you're choosing. I'm not saying that you have to make everything from scratch or that you have to cut up every vegetable that you use in food preparation. But if you buying prepackaged vegetables in the in the produce aisle, there's nothing wrong with that. It's going to save you time and help you get a healthy meal on the table quickly. Go for it. Same thing with frozen and canned foods. Just want to read your labels and make sure that they're not high in sodium and excess sugar and things like that um, or other additives. But so I would say definitely using meal prep kits or uh, pre-cut foods for your meal prep is fine. Another thing I'd say is keep your healthy snacks and foods easily available. If you buy them, but yet yet they say you shop at at these warehouse stores and then you bring it home, but then you don't necessarily package it where it's easily to get to, that kind of defeats the purpose. So I would say take the time when you when you first bring home your food, you know, whether it's delivered to you or you, you know, go shopping, is go ahead and break things down right then. So have your your vacuum sealer or your Ziploc bags handy so that you can go ahead and portion things out for the week. So then it really is just grab and go. And then you don't have to, you know, where you might not, you won't get you know, hangry because you, you're now you're at the point where you're starving and you're looking for something to eat and then you, you get into this spiral. So go ahead and have it be mindful. Go ahead and have it prepared so it's easy to to reach. And then I would say the other thing is one of my favorite things that I've discovered here lately, I think I'm late to the club, but the meal delivery services like Instacart or food delivery services, it's okay to use those kind of services, again, that are going to save you time because you can go online, pick out what you want, have those healthy you know, foods and those ingredients delivered to you while you're using your time to be productive in other ways. And that way you are just getting more accomplished, but you're not feeling frazzled and having to to run here and there. I know for me, I mean, Sundays, I could easily go to like five different grocery stores or go to the same grocery store five times because... <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot to get I forgot. Yes. So the just that alone, the time saving and that alone of, of being able to order the food is just it's invaluable. So I would say don't be afraid and outsource, outsource what you can, not just what your food, but outsource what you can. Some people I know have laundry services and, and other things. Um, because again, put your time where it's going to pay you back the biggest dividends. And, and yes. feel don't feel um, bad about it. They own it. Right. I love those. So definitely, I mean, I think what you're saying is anything that can save you time that would allow you to be able to still have access to those healthy items is going to be key in you following through, I think, with a healthy eating program, if you want to call it that, or a way of life or a healthy lifestyle. 
is being able to, again, readily access the things that you need. And yeah, and that's different for everybody, but whatever that means for you basically is the way to go. Uh Well, that sounds great, Dr. Monique. Thank you so much for those tips. Thank you for um, participating in this podcast today. I think the information that you shared is going to be so valuable to our listeners. I think it's important for us to really start thinking about prioritizing our health, which is why I wanted to do this particular segment. And of course, you were the person I wanted to, to come on and talk about that. So thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to having you again on this podcast at some point in the future. So you're always welcome to come back. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lisa. I, I am so honored to be here. And hopefully this was this was helpful to your listeners. And yes, I'll definitely have to come back because my cookbook is coming out. And I'd love to come back and talk to you about that. Great. So before we leave, would you like to share anything with our audience? Anything that you might have that you would want to share, free gift or anything? Please do so. Sure. So yes, I like to, I have a, a pesto recipe that I like to give out because, but I know I used to think pesto was this high quality dish that you could only get in fancy restaurants, but it's super easy to make at home. So I have a recipe at myeasypesto.com. So M-Y-E-A-S-Y-P-E-S-T-O. And there's even a video showing you how easy it is to make a good, delicious restaurant quality pesto in your own kitchen. Mm, I'm going to have to get that one. That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you on social media, if they want to find out more about Dr. Monique May and all the wonderful things that you're doing. Sure. So yes, I am on Facebook, Instagram, um, you name it, at Dr. Monique May and at Physician in the Kitchen. And my website is DrMoniqueMay.com. Wonderful. Thank you again, Dr. Monique, and have a great rest of your day and a great week ahead. Thanks, Dr. Lisa. You too. Okay. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.